one time again. I was the national storyteller for a large LARP organization. There were all these cool rivalries and player-created groups and plots. Some of the people didn't get along, but that isn't unusual. Personally, conflicts exist in any large group. As the rivalries and in-character betrayals began to heat up, I used my NPCs to push things as far as possible. I wanted to help create these huge moments of high drama and excitement. I hoped that the events would play out in ways that would have the players and staff talking about it for years. Instead, I was fanning the flames of out-of-character conflicts that I did not realize had become toxic. Finally, I saw my mistake. Things needed to be resolved in a quick and final way so that the game would move beyond this in-character, out-of-character war. The NPCs gave both sides the one thing they had been asking for, permission for a final battle. It was a disaster. The local game where the conflict was going to end was saddled with the weight of this year-long rivalry. Despite the efforts of the local staff to run a fair game, it all exploded into an out-of-character mess. All right, roll for initiative. Podcast that helps you level up your role-playing game. Tabletop, LARP, mush, and everything in between. We're not better gamers than you, we just all have different experiences to share. And maybe we can help you have more fun at your game. Because the only way to win at a role-playing game is to have, have fun. fun! Well, I'm Ryan, I'm the curmudgeon, and joining me as always is the legend Carrie. And of course Jason. The, the favorite, f- also the one with the most shapely earlobes. That is true. Yeah, I do have very shapely earlobes. They are. Sometimes when we're recording the podcast, I just think that you're going to start flapping and fly away. What? No, they're shapely. They're not oversized. Well, they're elephant shapely. Whoa. I'm just saying. You guys are so weird. My favorite part is the way the show notes actually say in parentheses, Jason tries to be clever here. Because I always forget at the last second. (laughs) That this is the point where you have to be clever. I'm going to try to be clever. (laughs) Especially because it's a thing that I just decided to do without consulting you. Nice. (laughs) But it's official now because it's in the notes. It's in the notes. There you go. Well, we can be found at honorrollpodcast.com. We're also on iTunes, Stitcher, and anywhere else that you might find uh, your exciting podcasts. You can talk to us uh, in a Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash honorrollpodcast. And, of course, you can send us an email at hosts at honorrollpodcast.com. So... When we last left our intrepid adventurers, we were all hanging out and doing a podcast. Yes, we were. A week has passed. Carrie, what have you been up to? I've been manning our Patreon. We've got a fun discussion going on there. So someone is always there on the Patreon if you guys, if any of the listeners choose to come hang out there. Cool. What are you guys talking about? Uh, we're, well, right now we're just I'm ju- we're just starting up the conversation of yo, who are you guys? What do you like to do? What games are you getting into? to know? Yeah, basically. <laughs> um, let's see what else. Um, I've been working on my art. Yeah. For that secret project, I haven't. I'm not telling. You're not people. ready yet. I'm not, not ready, ready yet. yet. It's really cool. I will so say close. that you sold one of your watercolors last night. I did, and it was so beautiful. I it did. was a really really cool. Jellyfish. It, it was so. Wait, that I, was a jellyfish. I at first thought it was an, a flower I in a pot it, that was all what? blue, but I realized that it upside down, 
And I was like, oh no, this does look more like you a jellyfish. Not, you guys I are not it was, selling me. I totally thought that <laughs> it was genitalia. Oh no. Wow. Oh yeah, no. Well, not human genitalia. No, but, uh, anime. Oh, oh, oh no. There were tentacles. No tentacles. Yeah. But okay, there were tentacles. Yeah. But. <laughs> but seriously, it was one of the best things I, I've seen uh, well, in your wallet colors. Th- thank you. I appreciate that. I did that when I was all uh, doped up on well, pain meds. I told you that you should be high. <laughs> yeah, apparently. Art. Apparently, all the greats were. Uh, that is true. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so yeah, I've been, I've been doing that. Um, let's see. I had a, um, on one of my mushes, uh, one of my players got really, really sick, isn't it? And was in the hospital for like five days, and we didn't know what was going oh, on no. with him. So that was pretty scary. Um, so I've, I've been working on making him a get well package to send to him. Oh, and I wrote, that's really cool. Yeah, I wrote a yeah. get well song for him. Would you like to hear it? Yeah, let's hear it for Ashton. Get well, get well. Get well, get well. Ashton, get well, get well. Ashton, get well. Yeah. <laughs> You'll love that. I, I, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. So um, It's and, a work in progress. And then I'm, I'm going to kind of segue... For all of us to talk, because last night was the game we ran. Yeah, yeah our we LARP. Saw. We run a Vampire the Masquerade LARP. We do. Yeah. Uh, our VR Unchained. It was uh, it was really good. It went uh, in completely different ways than we expected. <laughs> we thought we were going to have a war, but we got some really un- uh, unusual and interesting negotiations instead. Yeah. yeah. It was bizarre. Yeah. yeah, it was, but but you know what? Ever everybody seemed to have a lot of fun. Well, it was fun running it, and, and we had some cool plot stuff that we progressed to. Mm-hmm. It was yeah. one of those nights where you really appreciate being a storyteller because there are you're never. I am never ceased to be amazed at how players can just go not where you expected them to go. Oh my gosh! Yeah, not some places you would have never taken it. Right, but that's what I love about being a storyteller is. Uh, Getting support players and taking their stories in unusual places. That right. Yeah, and expect. seeing how it fits in the universe. Yes, created. absolutely. Yeah. yeah, and so like, and I, I think it. Everybody had a good time. Yeah. All the players. More importantly, they all brought their money. That I, I don't mean that in a bad way, but we made sites. Yes, we so, made site fees. That's yeah. Yeah. So, so just real quickly for those of you that don't LARP and don't storytell for a LARP, that is one of the biggest stresses. Is making sense. A staff can yeah. have if you renting and have to pay for a space. Right. And so. we actually, we've gotten pretty lucky. We have a pretty uh, reasonably priced. We do. Pretty all that is right a really space. nice space. Yeah. yeah. I playing, do love that you somehow managed to put each space about 10 more miles away from me. Every every game. <laughs> every time we move, we yeah. move farther away. Well, this one was Kevin's fault. Kevin found this site. Yeah. Well, I appreciate it because it yeah. it's actually a pretty cool it site. Is, it is a great it's site. In, it's in a, a hotel it's and we're re- getting the ballroom. We, not, not a ballroom ballroom, but like. Yeah, it's their big meeting space. Yeah. But what's cool about it is that it's, it's probably 60, 70 feet long. Uh, and maybe 20 feet wide. But what's cool is that they have a wall that they put up Those in the partitions. middle of it. It has a divider. And so we kind of, it's like getting two spaces. And sometimes we can use their small... Their boardroom their if board it's not room. being used. Right. And, and vampire, there's an outdoor space, too. Mm-hmm. Right. And at a vampire LARP, boardrooms oh, are... Yeah. Oh, yeah. Are That's the bomb. Yeah. yeah. you got to have secret meeting rooms. Yes. Right on. So what about you, Jason? What have you been up to? Well, the big thing I've been doing this week is I just started working for the high-level games convention, uh... Josh Heath brought me on to do vendor relations, uh, and we'll put a link for people who want to come look at that in the show notes. That's exciting. Yeah, so you'll be there? Well, yeah, I was going to be there anyway because I was going to help run the Changeling game that they're running. Ooh. Right. But 
uh, I'm, they need some help, and I want to get more involved because I believe that Josh Heath's groups, uh, High Level Gaming, and Keep on the Heathlands. Keep on the Heathlands. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Are dude. both really great, and I want to promote people trying to make gaming better. That's awesome. Uh, you can find that at hlgcon.com, but we'll link it in the uh, the show notes on the episode page. And if you are a vendor, please contact us. <laughs> contact Jason. <laughs> yeah, because he you. wants to book you. Yes, because I know. Right, right. <laughs> oh, we'll see. Maybe, maybe I'll even go. Yeah, oh, you know, a table. Yeah. We're, we're you should actually, do an art table, yeah. and you should do a book table. Well, and we're talking about maybe doing some some gun belt tests out that way. Wow, that mm. would be amazing. Yeah. You know I would what? definitely if, play. If all books. three of us are there. Maybe yeah. we could do a podcast. Now, I don't, a live podcast? No. They no. just don't understand Man. how much editing is involved. <laughs> <laughs> Though, you know what? I really do want to do a live show. And that's part of the reason, like, today I was on Facebook doing a live Let's Play of, of me just goofing around on Fallout. It's because I'm trying to teach myself how to do that stuff. Right. So in the future, when us or any combination of us want to do something, we'll be able to. It would be nice if I was not the only tech-savvy producer guy well as Don't long as me. you learn how to do all the sound stuff if i learn how to do the the video stuff we should be covered well there you go because yeah. they're kind of like the wonder twins one of you is a bucket well i prefer to be the bucket of water and let him be the majestic eagle because the bucket of water doesn't have to do nearly as much work. <laughs> <laughs> i've got to carry He's just you around show in my up yeah. and turn into an ice bridge as needed that's right. true right Cool. Yeah. All right. What about you, Ryan? Well, so you guys listening may have noticed that our sound, sound quality is a little bit up this week. At least we oh, hope. That, yeah. that all those hours you spent trying to figure out how to use the second microphone. That's right. <laughs> so uh, a little shout out. We have a, another local podcast here in town called $5 Film. You can find that on iTunes, and it's a 15-minute film review podcast. But they are currently recording in a podcast studio that's here in town, and so they are not using their other... Uh, blue Yeti mic. And so we now have two uh, blues, two blues, two blues. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, so I spent some time this past week figuring out how to get them to both interface with the garage band properly and, and yeah. improve our sound a little bit. I would you like, know what? Just listening earlier, it does sound way better. It, it does, does sound a lot better. Um, I'd like to say the really one of like the cool thing I think about $5 films is that they rate films in tacos. That's right. They, I, I really like some person's Bok Bok rating system. Well, that, that's also good. <laughs> but uh, five, $5 Films rates all their films in the amount of tacos they right. give it, and so that's fun. And that's their thing is their podcast is not just about movies. It's about movies and tacos. Yeah. Because, you know. Yeah. yeah. Tacos are hard to beat. It's yeah. true. Well, uh, then let's go ahead and before we get into gaming, let's take a moment to get a quick report from Carrie on all of our Patreon backers. Oh, this is... A, yeah! Ah, I'm so excited! We have a, we have a new uh, Patreon person. A patron? Patron. Patron. Patreon. Patron. I don't know. I feel like that there's probably something on the website um, of Patreon that tells us what to call them. They're Maybe. patrons. Yeah, patrons. patrons. You're a patron of art. Okay, is cool. The way that goes. Patreon, um, patron. Basically. Yes. Um, so, uh, Ryan Galliato, all the way out in on the. In the California IA. Yeah. Oh, it's, is he one of your old Chicago buddies? Yes. Last week we actually talked about him. He was the storyteller that had the clipboard with the word no written on it. That's amazing. Yeah. So uh, so welcome, Ryan. He was a great Glad storyteller. Yeah, he is. Um, and then we also have a new uh, 
tier level on our Patreon. Yeah? Yeah. It's called the wizard level. Well, I don't read, so I know what does that read. mean? Okay, the wizard level uh, basically means that you're going to get a permanent shout-out. Oh, on our, so, okay, cool. So if you back us on Patreon at more than the wizard level, we will mention Or the you wizard level or more. Or higher. We will we will always mention you. So who are we mentioning? Uh, we are mentioning two people. Oh, my. Um, the first is Cameron Pruitt, oh. who is always back. He, he's he's a very... Uh, he supported everything we do. Yeah, he does. He's I, a great guy. We used to role play together in y'all's old werewolf game, and right. he was my pack alpha, and he was so fun. Yes. He's played one of the most fun Silver Fangs I've ever role played yes. with, because he was full of all the pomp and circumstance of a Silver Fang, but he deliberately chose to be in a pack with lupuses. Because he wanted to stay close to his wild side as well. Yeah. And it was a lot of fun with him. Um, and we're going to be getting, Cameron, just so you know, we're going to be getting out the questionnaire to you soon for your character so we can do the character roast. Yeah, that sounds um, like a lot of fun. I'm interested to see which character he picks. That'll yeah. be fun. Um, and then we have a second person, a second group that joined uh, the, uh, at the wizarding level, which is the Lost Colonies LARP. Uh, Jason, you know a little bit more about them right. than I do. Uh, I've been talking to them a little bit since, well, <clears throat> over the last couple of months because the guy, Joe Hines, that's behind it, mm-hmm. uh, we became friends on Facebook and we've been talking a lot. And he describes Lost Colonies, which is something I wish that I had time to play, but it's just a little bit too far away for us. Right. Uh, it's a colonial fantasy game, and he's going to focus on exploration and discovery. Mm-hmm. It's a boffer larp, right? Uh, and the kind of the cool thing about it is he's trying to uh, deal with all the cool parts of settling an area, but not with the uh, problematic, you know, replacing uh, peoples that are already there. And okay. he does that by making a, an original fantasy setting that just uses the uh, um, the motif, the motif of the era. And I think it sounds really cool. He calls it Tolkien meets Lewis and Clark. Nice. In, in a fictional world with Boffer's Nerf guns and quest-driven roleplay. That's fun. Sure. Yeah. Well, we'll throw we'll have a link there on our episode page as well so you can find that. Absolutely. All right, great. Well, if you want a shout-out, we'd love to give you one. You can get one by helping us keep this show on the air by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash on a roll podcast. Yes. All right. Well, then let's go ahead and move to combat rounds. Combat Rounds, everybody. Today's topic is Great Mistakes. Specifically, we're going to be talking about the greatest mistake or failure that the three of us have ever made as... That is not this podcast. As storytellers. <laughs> I was going to say becoming storytellers. Yeah. But right. Well, these Picking are... up the initial book. <laughs> these are going to be storyteller mistakes that we've made, not player mistakes that we've made, because that's a whole other... That's a whole nother topic. That needs to be like uh, three or four weeks from now. We need to remember that one. Player mistakes that we've made. Yeah. I mean, we could always do it next week. We could do it next week, but maybe we should do one about things we were right about next week. So (laughs) So people aren't like, wow, they suck. (laughs) Maybe they're just terrible at this. We'll call next week's episode Recovery. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Hey, that reminds me. We've been having some good suggestions on uh, the Facebook pages about new uh, Topics. topics, and we definitely need to 
figure out which one we're going to incorporate because well, some of them are been, really good. We have a file that we've been adding all of them to, and so yes. we are just kind of uh, part of the production schedule moves a little slower than the conversations. Absolutely. And, and that's so, okay, though. We'd rather have a long list. That's right. Yeah. Why? All right. Well, let's get started, and uh, let's go ahead and talk about the biggest storytelling mistakes we've ever made. I think you were telling us about one the other week. What was it? Well, first, let me just say thank you for making me go first. Well, you are. <laughs> they're curmudgeon, and they're curmudgeon. We're just going to get it out the of the way. strongest opinions, yeah. right? Uh. So you should have the strongest mistake, though I, I think my mistake's pretty good, too. Well, you know, I'll tell you the truth is the biggest mistake I have ever made as a story as a storyteller, I made twice. It actually took me making the mistake two times before I actually grasped what I had done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's still some feelings. No, there's not. There's not. But yeah. it, it's it is a pretty epic. So Carrie was playing a werewolf character, and she had played this character for many years, five or six years. Maybe it was a little more than that. This was her silver fang. Yes. Yes. And at some point, I became the storyteller of the game that her character was based in, and she played it for a few years, and then at some point, she decided that it was time to retire the character. Oh, she, she was an elder. I was done. Yeah, you, you know. played it. It had run the course. And I had learned through a conversation with someone not to carry that the very first game that she had ever played at, she had come in with a written history, and in that history, she had talked about how her character was, had been in love with this guy. He was a kinfolk. You were a metis. And they, they wouldn't let us be together, and it was heartbreaking. Oh. Yeah. Which uh, is a cool theme in Werewolf, because yeah. it's all right. about you know uh, what the choices that you have to make to, to be a werewolf. Yes. And her, so her character was, like, moved or something. I don't know. And he was... She was told that that, that her little boyfriend was killed. Very, very sad. And so this had been like seven or eight years. And when I found out about that, I thought, oh, well, this is her last, her last game. I'm going to give her this really cool story and I'm going to surprise her and bring this back into play. And so I ran a thing where he showed up and he showed up to sort of try and entice her to join uh, some bad guys. And there was this whole exchange between the two of them and things like that. And in the end, uh, when given the the choice, of course, she tried to convince him. To save him. Yeah, save right. him. No, come, Obviously. come with me. Let's go be happy and live happily ever after. And he, of course, refused and ended up, uh, he ended up dying. And Horribly. And the whole point was... Did you murder him? No. Okay. And I was... No, thinking, you need to say how you killed him because it was terrible. There was a plot going on in that org at that time where an evil glasswalker named Medici was putting bombs in people's heads. Uh, it sounds ridiculous when you say it like that, I've but it's actually, actually heard of this plot because it had just wrapped up when I started playing with y'all. Right. Yeah. But it's a it's a cyber dog thing. It's not... It, right. It's, it's not, in the books. Yeah. I think. Yeah. And... He uh, so and he was working for Medici and had a bomb in his head and uh, refused to go with her and was blown up right there in front of you. Yeah, in my face in your last game. Right, mm -hmm. and I was and, and in my head I was thinking this is so great. I'm giving her this kind of gut wrenching, heartfelt, emotion driven story for her to go out on, and she's going to be able to go off and and try and do something else to, you know, avenge him or, or something. You know, LARP is about emotion, and I was trying to give her that, right? 
Well, the the problem was in my attempt to tell a very awesome emotional story. You know, I was I was giving her <laughs> an independent film, and what she really needed was a sunset because she was ready to retire. She was retiring, and you handed her another six months of game. I handed her emotion, and what I needed to hand her was her original boyfriend to ride off into the sunset with. I, I basically, I, I went with the story and not with uh, the character and the player and the, the needs of the situation. And a, f- a few years later, I did that again. <laughs> <laughs> now, here's the thing is, uh, to, to Carrie's credit, she never really called me on it. No. She kind of just let it go. Right. And a few years later, uh, there was a player in our werewolf game here in Tennessee. He was not always at our game because he actually lived in another city. And so he would only play every couple of months when he was around. He His character had a kinfolk, and that kinfolk stayed local. And so that kinfolk was around and in the game, even though he was not... And some of our other players' characters started to have relationships, not like, you know... They interacted. They had interactions with this. So it had a place in our story. And at some point, uh, the story escalated to a point particularly caused by one of our players who was in attendance. Uh, and he pushed things to a level where it, we had to make a choice as a staff what to do with this. Does this kinfolk die or not? This NPC. Oh, okay. And again, I thought, I'm about to hand my friend, this player, this great emotional story, the death of this kinfolk that he's had on his character sheet for years. Maybe a decade? Because I know TGN ran forever. It was a long time. Yeah. And so uh, so when the point push came to shove, uh, I made the decision and, and I killed I killed her. He was very mad. Part of it, justly, was he was not at the game in attendance. When Carrie and I had talked about it, part of our discussion was the fact that uh, that the NPC had been pushed and interacted with with characters who were in the game that night, in attendance. But the problem was that NPC was actually represented mechanically on the sheet of my friend who was not in attendance. Right. And so uh, so that's why he was upset, and I think justly so. But the biggest, the big mistake that I made there, though, was, again, I was putting this idea of this big emotional story in front of the needs and wants of the players involved because I was telling this awesome story. And right. I thought that that story had more value than... You know, I thought it was worth the sacrifice because this story is great. That time I got it. So, and that was when Carrie was like, well, you know, this, you, you did this before. This isn't the <laughs> first time. <laughs> right. And and suddenly I was like, dang. Some of, I think this mistake comes from the fact that I went to film school. And so I am at my heart, a storyteller. Yeah. And so I was, I had the importance of my story ahead of the importance of my players and the characters that I was running for. Right. Because when you run a game like this, it's like a bunch of little movies all happening at once. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we forget that the movie that the player is having... Is different. Is different than the movie that we're telling. Right. Yeah. You know, there's there's kind of a movement in the the freeform side to... And I'm not 100% sure if I agree with the word they use, but it's not a bad one. It's... uh, it's called bespoke 
for, and essentially what they're saying is bespoke is a custom, right? It's just a fancy word for custom. And they talk about how that what each person wants out of the game is different. So in some way, they should be able to customize that experience. So for example, like if you have a kinfolk, and part of the story you want to tell with that kinfolk is something terrible happens to them, then you let the ST know, or in some way that will play out. Right. But if you are emotionally attached to this NPC for some reason, you also just let the ST know, and then they're off limits. Right. And I don't know if that's the kind of game that we run necessarily, but I think there's definitely a uh, an idea behind the fact that maybe you have to have some sort of consent before you make permanent changes to somebody's character sheet. Sure, sure. Well, this was bad. You know that when when I did it to Carrie, <laughs> when I when I did it to Carrie, it was a matter of just uh, I was so proud of myself for finding yeah. out this little known thing about her character that I was I was blinded by it. And and the second time when I when I did it to my friend and the kinfolk, I think that one I I feel like I just betrayed his trust as a storyteller. Right. You know, I I became yeah. a storyteller he could no longer trust. Yeah. And and absolutely that is what happened. You know. Uh but no, I mean cuz with Carrie you were I mean you were pretty impressed with the fact that this guy showed up. I was so excited. But like, then I went was, sideways. She was excited because she thought I was I'm, doing the right thing. Yeah, ah. I, I thought I was getting this, the, the off sunset. Sell the sunset moment. Yeah, because yeah. like, I was like, okay. Because like everyone had been asking me, why are you retiring? And I was like, the, her story is done. All of the goals I had put out for myself for this character were done. You know, and, and I wanted to play something new, but like the idea that I could give a character a happy ending, like not not a happy right. ending. Well, maybe, <laughs> maybe not, not like a not like a beauty spa massage happy. Ending. It's like yeah. maybe we're gonna have to hide from the Grunation for the rest of our lives. But, but we'll you do know it what? together, right? Yeah, we're like, gonna run away together. Like, and I just thought, what a great that's a great story. It was right? a, it's a good it's ending. A super great story. <laughs> <laughs> but, it, <laughs> but instead, you got bam. Yeah, <laughs> it's this day. I hate myself for that. No, was, don't. It, you learned from it. That's important. Well, yeah, you learned well, the second time. From I almost it. learned. Yeah. And uh, so, really, you're saying this was Carrie's fault for not telling you. I half a learned it. I half a learned. <laughs> he, he was so proud. There was no way for me to go. This was bad at the time. <laughs> right. Like now, he wouldn't have heard it. I, I'm also gonna. I, I am gonna defend myself for a second and just say, I. It was my first time. As a storyteller of a LARP. Mm-hmm. And that's important to note because... That's completely different. It is completely different than storytelling at a tabletop game or in a yeah. mush. Um, well, it's actually not quite so different from storytelling in a mush. But yeah, mushes are much closer to LARP. Very rarely in tabletop do you take over someone else's game. Right. And in LARP and mush... Happens a lot. You're handed off. Yes. Yeah. And so what had happened with this, in this instance, is I had been so used to, you know, tabletop games, and I'm old, I'm old, and so I'm from, I'm <laughs> from the world of the storyteller is telling the story and making all of the decisions somewhat independent of, of the players and things, you know, classic Dungeons and Dragons kind of. Which is not necessarily bad. It is not wrong. There's a lot just, of people who run games like that that are beloved. But it is not how you typically run a LARP. 
No. And no. so especially the kind of LARP that that we play. Right. And so I was so proud of this story that I was telling and I treated it as if she was a she was my character in my game. Like, you know, she, as as I would have thought of characters in a tabletop game. I, I mean my not in the sense like I was I playing her. I mean yeah, we, my just how you as a it's my game. Yes. It's my, yeah. But the problem was she wasn't my character in my game. What I hadn't taken into account is that I am inheriting the tales and the and more importantly the storytelling styles of all of the STs who had come before yeah. me. So the real problem was that you weren't respecting all that 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 it already had. And what I'm saying is Carrie's expectations were wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so her you should have you should have been like I, instead of suge- instead of anticipating a Ryan Galliato story, you should have known you were getting a, a curmudgeon shit. To <laughs> <him>. <laughs> no, you know what? I honestly feel like I, the I am biggest. Teasing. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. But I'm saying like the the problem really wasn't the story you told. It was your timing, right? If you had, if you if this had was done the this, middle of that character's right, because then I could have resolved it. I could have gotten revenge, or you know, you could have gotten XP for crying for a few days. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for you real. know. But but instead, I literally had to do goodbye, everyone. You yeah. know, and then I left. You right. know, you know <laughs> and if this had been a movie, that's not necessarily a terrible oh, ending. Yeah, no, it's again, great. I truly believe part of it was my my film schooling. Mm-hmm. You because know, I, it's a completely different thing, really. It is. You know, it, there's lessons, right, to, to be taken from both, right? Yeah. yeah. And so, but in this instance, I had just totally betrayed my players' trusts, and then did it again a few years later, <laughs> in the same exact fashion, in pretty much the exact same fashion. And I'm so thankful that I get it today. You know, I never want to do that to a player again. Yeah. Um. You know, because I I feel to this day I regret not giving your character that. Sunset, and I regret, you know, taking away that my friend's uh, important to him NPC from his sheet. Mm-hmm. You know, even even though the circumstances were very different, and what I did were very different, they were both. I was so sure and proud of myself for telling this awesome story, but sometimes uh, the awesome story is not the right story, and no. that was my great lesson. There you go. <laughs> you know, I I think what you said earlier was so much of that's about timing. Oh, An awesome yeah. story is great early or in the middle of a character's arc. Right. But if you're getting ready to sunset that character or uh, for whatever reason, it's not the right time for that, it's different. And some of the problem is is that difference between tabletop and LARP because uh, you don't typically sunset characters in tabletop games. Well, it's according to the game, but because largely you're right. Typically, yeah. a game yeah. does not run for so long that one of the characters at the table is done is rolled right. out. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you might sunset everyone. The you're, game may end, yes. but... But in LARP, you know, you're talking about a character that had been around for eight years, mm-hmm. it, you know, alongside a bunch of characters that had been created last night. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so you don't... Yeah, and I was I was young and fresh and, you know, I I was I was a wee lass running a game. Well, and, well as know. long as you learned finally. Yeah. (laughs) It's a tricky one, though. I I can totally see making that mistake. Yeah, and it's one of the reasons why I feel so strongly about being able to trust storytellers now is because I I had an experience where I betrayed that trust, and it makes me much more... Aware? Much more aware of it. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, I always say well, never make the same mistake twice. Well, <laughs> yeah, or at least at least three times. Never make the same mistake three times. That's right. what I always there say. Well, the, the second time you got to make sure it really was a mistake. Right. Yeah. Fool I'm me about- once, shame on me. <laughs> Fool me twice, shame on me again. Because I'm stupid. <laughs> oh. What about you, Carrie? Can you? What was your greatest mistake as a storyteller? Um, I have two. Oh. I, and I actually think that I still do this a little to I tend to hold on to games I you know like if if it's time for a game to be done you're you're not ready to sunset the game yeah I've I've done that with a LARP before I burned out and I just kept going and I think it was pretty obvious like the the Uh, players were all like I'll say that I enjoyed I assume it's the game that I played in um, I actually, I think I... You did it twice? I, yeah. <laughs> the, um, best mi- the best mistakes are really learned the twice. second time. <laughs> um, and, uh, it just, I, I don't know if it's, it's, if, if I don't know, I'm not, I have a hard time seeing when a game needs to end, or if I have a hard time seeing when I need to step away from it. I actually, I, I think that it is your level of passion. I think that you are so passionate about your games and you are so in love with your games that you are often uh, distracted by that passion and don't notice yourself. Mm. Emotional attachment. Yeah. Um, Because I'm I'm in that situation right now with one of the mushes that I run. Are you getting ready? It's it's time to step away? I think it may be time. No, I think it may be time for the game to be done. Why do you you say that? uh, We just we don't have a lot of activity. Like, uh, I've noticed it's only the same, like, four or five people that log on, and they're not playing. So they're what you just, need to do is that final story. Wrap yeah. it up. So I, yeah, I need to either end it or wrap it up in some yeah. way, I think. And, you know, and that's, and that's really hard to admit. You know, that's one of the, the suggestions for a topic in the future is how to end a game and how to know when it's time yeah. to end a game. Right. Because I'll need to listen to that. Cause <laughs> I, Interestingly ooh. enough... Um, you know the I, I think the vampire side of underground theater, the big LARP organization that yes. we were a part of, is experiencing that very thing. Yeah. It's a general statement, but I think the players are kind of ready to reset and begin uh, the next yeah. story. And I think that the org isn't really taking care of that until January. Well, it's part of the problem is when you make a declaration, we're going to wrap on a certain date. You have to give people. You have to. Give you have all to those stick to that. Time. Yeah. Right. And, uh, you know, it's actually one of the things that attracted me to underground theater when y'all started talking about it was they said, hey, we're only going to run five-year stories. I'm like, that's amazing because, you know, I just got out of TGN and that story had been running and is still running for what, like 15, 20 years? A long time. Yeah. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. Probably 14 or 15 years. That's really cool. Right. There's some really cool stories you can only tell if the kinfolk baby that you have is now going through their first change. Right. And that's, I mean, that's really cool. It's like uh, Nero has stories that are 20 years old. Right. And they've got characters who've been playing that long, and there's some really cool stuff you can do with that. But I really love the idea of appropriate endings. Yeah. Like, like in a book series or a movie series, sometimes you want to have that arc, and it's over. Yeah. And then you never need to revisit it. I may read it again, but I don't want anything new. It's a complete story. It's finished. Absolutely. And I think that's absolutely true on role-playing games as well, whether it's a LARP, uh, tabletop, definitely, because uh, I've let one of those run too long until it had to peter out. And I assume that's true on Mush. Yeah. Apparently. Yeah. yeah. 
I love the game, but so you wanted to go forever. Yeah, you know, and I love the the topic. I love the I love all of the genre part of it, but it's just nothing's happening. It's time. It's time. Yeah, and so I'm like, Ugh. would you say that you've been influenced in your your personal mistake and the fact that your big start in LARPing, well, as as far as long term esting, was in an organization that doesn't do resets or anything like that? Oh yeah. Yeah, because absolutely. One World by Night, they they haven't well, reset well, ever, correct? You know right, and they've been around almost like twenty five or twenty five years. They've been around as long as the World of Darkness, nearly, Pretty much, yeah. nearly. Okay, so my first LARP group mm-hmm. actually only did like year long yeah, stories, yeah. but the first organization I was in was never ending. Right, so like I kind of got a little bit of both. Right. right, but I think maybe the my first storytelling was in an ongoing. And right. so, yeah, that probably Because even did. then, when you took over storytelling, their game had been going on for a while, correct? No, no, I started my own game. Oh, I, my, I mean... My in, first... Which game but, are you but talking about? In One World, whenever you started storytelling, One World had already been around for yes, a while. But, yes, but I created... Yes. Your local game. My local yeah. game. Yes. I didn't inherit it, yeah. Right. What do you learn from that? How do you know... How can you recognize when maybe it's time? Well, I'm, I'm still struggling with that. I said that, that I'm still... Um, but... Uh, like I said, uh, for the for the mush anyway, you know, like I I realize that I'm the only staffer that logs on. Right. right. Well, know? I've I've ended two uh, LARPs, and both of them was because at some point you realize I'm only getting this number of players, mm-hmm. and while they seem like they might be having an okay time, yeah. At some point, a LARP the, of the type that we run is not a LARP when there's only four people there. Right. It becomes a tabletop game where you're walking around. Yeah. Right. And you know what? It would have been a better tabletop game yeah. at that moment because yeah. then we could tell tabletop game type stories. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, I wasn't willing to transition it to that, so it was time <laughs> yeah. to wrap it up. Sure. Yeah. And then my uh, the, the second big mistake that I've ever done, and I, I, I will expound on this, but I will simply say is I was on a staff with my ex. Yeah. Oh, I think you've told me about this a little bit. Yeah. Um, uh, this is the big one. I started storytelling with my boyfriend at the time. Right. Uh, he the, kind of introduced me to the world of werewolf. Can we call him Bob so that this sure. is an easier discussion? Okay. Yes. Uh, Bob, my boyfriend. We uh, we started a werewolf game. Everything was fine. And then eventually we broke up because like that's it happens. what you do in college. Right. I married my college girlfriend. There you go. Yeah. Okay, you either marry them or you break up. Okay. And uh, after we after we broke up, everything was fine. We sure. were on the staff. I mean, and it went for like eight months. Right. Of still friends. Friendly. Actually, like we'd hang out together. Still, we both got a different boyfriend and different girlfriend. Sure. Right. Shout out. Yeah. <laughs> nice. I was the different boyfriend. Yeah. Oh. <clears throat> and, um, for, and for her, not for Bob. Yeah, not for Bob. He, <laughs> he did not date Bob. Um, and everything was fine. At least I thought it was fine. Right. Um, I didn't realize that Bob had been starting to plan how to take out Ryan and all of my friends' characters. It feels like Bob was a nice guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, in the, the most negative context yeah, possible. <laughs> yeah, like I, I found out Bob had been running NPCs from my game without my knowledge in a and different game. And you were the head game, storyteller, And right? I was the head storyteller. He was running them. In a different 
Oh. In a different game. Which is, to me, that's not kosher. No, it wasn't. You don't take your NPCs to other people's games. Yeah. Without them asking you to. Right. Well, I don't know. They The other staff may have been involved. In fact, I know they were involved. But you were the head storyteller. And I went through you regardless. Absolutely. Um, And he was having these NPCs smear these PCs so that other characters would want to go after them. Um, and so, like, kind of out of nowhere, there was a pack that was trying to kill Ryan's character. And it got really complicated, and it got really confusing, and I didn't quite know what was going on. And you were, this was your first game you had story this told. Is, yeah. This right? is the first game I had ever story told. I didn't even, I never story told. Tabletop, nothing. And I trusted my staffer. Which is a reasonable expectation. Right. But... And even when it started to go bad and people were like, hey, Bob is being a jerk. I went, no, what? no, I trust, nice my, <laughs> I trust my staffer. Yeah. Um, and the targe- targeting got so bad that uh, two PCs died over it. But, do I remember correctly that you actually had to run the scene? I had to run part of the scene, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, and, and like we found out like, one of the way that one of the PCs died was, I mean, like, it was out of character manipulation. Like, I need you to come closer because I can't hear you. Oh, I've got no. an earring. Yeah, out of character. And so when when the player came closer, then he was like, surprise attack. And like, and I was just so, I was too inexperienced. Right. I was not ready to deal with player for, versus player on that level. Right. And I was not ready to not trust my storyteller. Yeah, yeah. You know, well, like I, mean, I obviously you were very close with this person. Yeah, you dated them for some amount of time. Uh, yeah, and and it was just terrible. And like when it was all over, like people were coming up to me and they were going, "Are you going to redline that?" And I said, "No." You know, like I I made the decision to not redline it, and that. May have also been a mistake. It's so tricky. The, so tricky. Yeah, because unfortunately, like, as soon as it happened, it went out. Like, people were on their phones telling each other. They did it at a huge game. Yeah. To, to make it clear, uh, for for people who don't mm-hmm. know, redlining is where you go back and you erase a scene. Yeah, and I say, that, did, that didn't happen. Right. And um, um, you don't do that. Yeah, you don't do that unless, like, there was some sort of, like, a major rule error would have allowed a character not to have died or right. something. It's got to be pretty egregious for it to right. be redlined. Yeah, and that sort of thing, when you talked about it already rolled out to everybody, right. is the reason why a lot of games now have a rule that says you can't contact people in other games Right. During this game, yeah, that right. way, if there's a problem, yeah, we, we can walk it back as it opposed can be con- to yeah, contained. Yeah, yes. absolutely. Um, I remember at afters, people were coming up to me and doing, you know, are you going to redline? Are you going to redline? Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, no, because I, 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 I just for myself, I a hard no redlining. I'll learn from whatever happened, yeah. and we'll we'll make it better if we can. But you know, mm-hmm. and um, and Bob came up to me. And he kind of had a weird look on his face. And he was like, hey. And I was like, you're no longer on my staff. And he just, <laughs> and he just went, I know. Like, he knew. Well, like, Because he'd been planning this right. for months. But it was, and it was so upsetting that, like, Isn't it that, was worth doing? It, it's, the thing about this story that bothers me most is that at, at some point, this guy clearly realized that his revenge was ridiculously petty. 
and also destroyed his reputation. Yeah. And for whatever reason, he decided that was worth it. Well, there's a piece she's leaving out. He had NPCs giving motivations, reasons you should go kill Ryan's Ryan's character. Sure. The character he was giving that to was his new girlfriend. Oh. So my... It's even more common. So my character was killed by his new girlfriend as revenge because I was Carrie's new boyfriend. And he made her run it so that it could... It so that if clean. she redlined it, yeah. it would look improprietous. Right, yeah. Like, I, there was nothing I oh, could that's do. that's so terrible. It was <laughs> dirty. And what's even worse is, like, after that happened, it continued on for at least a year after. No, it continued on for... Until we left the org. Until we left the org. It continued wow, on, I didn't, like, five years. Yeah, it was it was terrible. And so then some what, of this had to have been going on when I was playing with y'all. It, yeah. But he I was, never heard about it because it was behind the curtain stuff. What he started doing after well, is that he... No, was, you joined us in TGN. This was in One World by Night. Oh, you were in One World yeah. now. Yeah. Okay. And, it, and he started having uh, characters go after Carrie's character next. Oh, that is awful. Yeah. yeah. Like, so much... He showed up one night... So even he knew that he'd done something petty and terrible. And, yeah. and then he continued to do it. He showed, yeah. he showed up yeah. one night with a boot party of people who made brand new characters that day Aww. just so they could come in and try to roll her. The You know. And then I mean, okay, I will say this though. The game that my character was based in, mm-hmm. the players all went, no. And I was like, guys, you don't need and they were like, no. Nope. And like it was, it was like one of those moments where everyone stood up and went, "I am Carrie's PC. I am Carrie's PC." <laughs> and, the and, entire, like, and the entire game left the org over it. Wow! Eventually, is, it, is that sort of the beginning? That is, yeah, yeah. the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say that people started TGN over what happened to, to but my it was character. Indicative. It was but a. It was yes. It, it was, was indicative. Our chronicles straw that broke the camel back. Yeah. Other chronicles were experiencing their own straws, so to speak, mm-hmm. at the same time. And, and I want to say that there's there, a lot of friends of ours that play in One World now that seem to have a more positive experience. There were a yeah. lot of problems at, at that time in One World by Night that I do not believe are still the, right. the problems. You know, the, If they have problems today, it's not those problems. Right. So. Well, at some point, people like that either... Uh, either leave of their own accord because they've burned too many bridges or they burn so many bridges that they get kicked out. And right. I believe that's what happened with Bob is he burned burned his own bridges and was like, I'm done and left. From what I've heard. Right. Through the rumor mill. I don't actually keep much track of and, that stuff. And to learn more about this, refer back to our toxic player episode. <laughs> <laughs> you know the uh, the other the other interesting thing about that one is that after we left the org he and some other players used their characters to continue to smear Carrie's character for years, even though it wasn't even in the org anymore. That's crazy. It's insane. But you know what? If It's at this point where I was like, if that's what you need to do, Bob... To move on, yeah. then do it. Whatever. Because I'm not I'm even. Done. I'm not involved with you. Yeah, anymore. like we I don't just, care. It's, it's a game. It's it's kind of sad. Yeah. yeah. I, I like anyway. that your mistake was you were trusting to people and nice yeah. to them. Yeah. No. And I now mean, you know better. Neither well, trust or be nice to anyone. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not true. But I do know now to know that my staff is not, can no staff is always perfect. Right. And be you aware. know I can always be like. Wait, Jason, what did you run? Right. Maybe, maybe, maybe don't run it like don't that. Don't run it like that, or yeah. let's let's go back and reword that, or you know, like it's just you know, and, and listen to your players. I think it's yeah. important because you there were there were complaints that, that there yeah. were complaints leading up to it, and 
And I went, no, 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 no. I think you can kind of wrap that up by saying that as a head storyteller, you have an obligation. Yes. Listen to everybody. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, that's my that's my biggest mistake. What about you, Jason? Ooh. Tell us about that time you effed up. <laughs> well, <laughs> I've got a couple, and they're both kind of related to the idea that I like to throw gas on the fire of drama. So, mm-hmm. in, in some ways, it's not unlike your mistake. Because I feel like... You that, blew up people's heads, too. Well, mine was different. Uh, Ryan loves to tell stories in which NPCs are... Are, are tearing you up and making you really emotional. Catalysts for, for emotion, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. I like to run stories in which I set players against each other. Sure. Because then they create drama that I can't even predict. Which right? is good vampire. Well, I like it in yeah. all kinds of games. Yeah. I like, if I'm running even, say, a, a tabletop game, I like a little tension in the party. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want a party war. Right. But I like a little tension. I think that makes some interesting drama. So anyway, to, to get into the meat of it, in the story that I told at the beginning about these two rival groups, they started out as friends, and then there was a split in character, and I believe that it was largely in character. Uh, I came to find out uh, as things went on that there was an out-of-character break there as well. Uh, that so I not w- only did their characters hate one another, but the players no longer liked one another. Yes, for whatever no. reason. And yeah. I, to this day, I'm not entirely certain what happened. But who's your your meddling? It, <laughs> there is a component to that. Oh because, no! Uh, it was believed at the time that they had betrayed each other, right, by leaking information. And I don't know this for certain, but there was another character there that was leaking information to an NPC, and that was never made clear in game who was the one leaking information. Uh, okay. <laughs> and so when the NPCs of mine acted on it to stir up trouble in these big coteries, uh, it created this huge fire. And now I'm not certain if that was what happened or not because it's another one of those things where when you're the storyteller of a very large org – that you never know all the things that happen behind closed doors. Right. Or across the country at or another game. Or across the country at another game. So you just kept throwing kids. So I just throw, kept throwing <laughs> gas on it. And so it for a while, it seemed like it was a lot of fun. You had these different rivalries, and uh, I was constantly trying to push them into greater conflict because, personally, I love that kind of drama. To have other players being in conflict with me feels real in a way that me being in conflict with NPCs don't right because there there's not as much safety because like I trust my staff to run a cool story for me and that's great and I love those but when you're in conflict with another player it's there's no telling what's going to happen right fair and I I like that uh, over the years my opinion of how to handle that healthily has changed and I'm in a weird place right now where I'm trying to figure out how to do that better. And this was part of the reason, because this whole situation was becoming more and more toxic out of game in a way that I didn't completely recognize. And even once I started to realize, hey, there's an out of game problem here, I thought, well, I'll solve it with an in-game solution (laughs) of of allowing the conflict to have a final resolution. One or the other will be dead, and then when they make their new characters, they can't interact. Right. And, and it'll be over. And there'll be some level of resolution. Right. 
And uh, and I, I the apologize. math works for in that. a way. <laughs> it, I mean, you know, I see the logic in right. that. And I apologize but. to the storytellers of the local games <laughs> that I hope are listening when I say, you know, I hate that this blew up at your games. Yeah, uh, I wish it happened at a national event where I would have been the one responsible for the huge mess directly instead of it happening at your game. But at the time, I did not realize how bad it had gotten. In fact, it's one of the things that I learned from being an organizational storyteller is that uh, you have to stay in constant contact with your local storytellers because otherwise you don't know what's happening. Right. Like you might know the in-character stuff that's happening, but you don't know the out-of-character stuff that's happening. And the thing you think is this really cool, dramatic choice maybe wrecking their game. Mm-hmm. And, and in some ways, I was responsible for that huge mess. Well, in a lot of ways, I was. I, I wish the players had not had gotten to as a toxic place as they had, but if I had just kept my foot off the gas, it might not have been as bad as it got. Right. You know, I apologize for that to everybody involved, if you knew you were listening. Uh, I wish that I handled it better. I will say that I feel like I've learned a lot from that in that when there's in-game conflicts, you need to be constantly checking in on everyone involved to make sure that they're not experiencing too much bleed, they're not, uh, that it's not becoming an out-of-character conflict. Or it was always an out-of-character conflict, <laughs> and you didn't know that. Right. Because they're not in your local game, or they're in your local game, but you don't know them personally. Right. And so that is that is my biggest one. And I, I will say that I did my best to try to clean up afterwards and, it, and at one point I felt like I'd somewhat succeeded because I tried to sit all the principles down in one chat and we talk about it. But uh, come to find out later that the, the divide was just too great. And they had already lost their trust in you. Yes, they had already lost my, their trust in me. And I don't even know that they absolutely recognize why it had gotten to that point. Because they didn't see behind my curtain any more than I could see what was going on in their real lives. Right. right. Uh, and... There have been times over the years when I have realized that I've been putting too much pressure on different groups to come into conflict because I like those stories. Right. And uh, as, as an ST, especially if you're ever in a position over hundreds of players, uh, I think that's something you have to be very careful with. You need to always be touching base with everybody involved. And that's something that I learned from that. Uh, my other biggest mistake was years ago when I was running my first uh, Requiem game, well, my only Requiem game, there was, we had some good background elements, but I run into two problems. One, my staff was too large for the size of the game to begin with, which Ryan explicitly told me that that was absolutely true. But I assumed at the time recruitment would fill in and I should have focused on running a really good game first and then brought those people in as staff as needed instead of starting top heavy. Right. Um, the other problem with that game, and this is one that's really easy to make if you're a storyteller, is I became focused on the core uh, story of the game to the point where the people that were not directly involved with that core story, that core conflict with the NPCs, they didn't have as much to do. And the people who were directly involved with it, they had tons to do. But if you weren't interested in that story, I didn't do a good enough job providing content and interesting content to the people who weren't involved in that right. core conflict. So that's that's my huge mistake. Isn't it interesting how like almost all of these come down to storytellers inadvertently 
uh, betraying trust. Yeah. You know, and that's the reason why we talked about it in, in previous episodes, that you have to keep your players' trust, and you have to be worthy of that trust. Yeah. There is a fantastic blog article written by John Wick, who is the guy who created Seventh Sea. Right. Um, and I know that, that he is... I met him. Yeah. yeah. I should have I should have blown off Sabat and went to that game. Not because I don't like Sabat, but because I got I would have gotten to play in a game run by the guy who wrote Seven C. Right. Yeah. Well, I know that John Wick is is sometimes a controversial figure in the gaming he world. He does have some good advice though. So but in this case, I think this is a not a controversial topic with him. But he wrote a blog post about uh, the Tomb of Horrors game which was one of the original adventure modules that was written by Gary Gygax for Dungeons and Dragons. I have not met him. Gary Gygax? <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, you used to go to Gen Con all the time. Right. <laughs> well, How he, old do you think I am? Uh, the thing he just of, died a few years ago. No, no. <laughs> the, thing about, the thing about Tomb of Horrors is that Gary actually wrote it because he had felt like his table had become uh, the storyteller versus the players. Right. Because they were too high a level. Yes. And so he wrote this high-level adventure in which basically uh, he could kill all of his high-level players. Um, I read an article about it too. Yeah, yeah it's, oh a, it's a terrible. It's considered by many to be like the worst adventure module ever written. Right, uh, and basically you die no matter what pick, way you pick. What so direction it's kind you of pick, like Call of die. Cthulhu, uh, <laughs> but Call of Cthulhu lets you, know. you die in fun, interesting ways. Yeah. Right, and he talks in this blog post about how he ran this for his friends and. Uh, and when it was, everyone was super excited about playing it, and he went through. Because it's one of the old school uh, adventures. Yeah. But and he uh, um, had his first player kill, right? You know, in that, and then it became his first total party kill, mm-hmm. and he killed everybody. And when it was done, when he was done running it, like he threw his pencil down and he jumped up and laughed and yelled at them, "Ha ha! You're all dead!" And he was so proud of himself because he had told this magnificent story where these guys didn't even make it through the first hallway, you know? Is that the one where you crawl into the mouth of the thing? Yes. And it's a spear of annihilation that on the other correct. side. So if you just crawl through there, you're instantly dead. Oh right. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's, it's awful. And, uh, and he, you know, in his mind, he was like, yay, you know, they knew the risks and they went in and they all died. Uh, but what actually ended up happening is that he lost all of his friends. Because they're like, I don't want to play in a game where nope. you're yeah. just going to murder us. He had completely inadvertently betrayed the trust they had put in them, yeah. in him. And the, he he goes on in the, the blog to talk about how he eventually got his friends to come back and he ran it again. Except this time the lesson he learned is that you can modify yes. the adventure you're running. I think I've yeah. read this article and there was this really cool bit where he talks about how that the – all the he started leaving hints from all the previous adventurers who had died. Right. Nice. And so as yeah. you come through, you were like, you would see the hand of somebody that had fallen out of the uh, the yeah. sphere of annihilation. So suddenly you can be like, whoa, there's something yes. here. We need to check this out. Right. And it was, and that's actually where you know in Seventh C there's a like a, a luck point, like a drama, yes. a drama point system. And he actually invented a luck point. That's where it came from. Is he invented it at the time? It was called luck points, and he invented it for them for going through the okay. tomb of horrors in the right way. But anyway, we're, I'm going to link to that article because I think it's that interesting. Is, yeah. It's interesting that uh, when we think about like some of these these great game designers and things, that even they struggle with staying uh, you know, the storyteller yeah. that is trustworthy to his players. Well, isn't there a uh, 
what's the saying about writers? It's like you've got six bad books in you or five bad books. So some mistakes, some lessons you can only learn by doing the wrong thing. Twice. Twice or three times. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And so I, I think it's fair to say that the, the problem isn't that we've made mistakes. The problem is that we we need to learn from them, especially now that we've recognized these ones. And maybe so we, we can make new and more inventive mistakes in the future. And, and you know what? I think the other thing is that as players, we have to be willing to forgive our storytellers when they do make mistakes. Even when they betray our trust, it is it's still just a game and it's not necessarily the the you know, the yeah. thing that we should just uh, abandon friends over. Well, I, I think that what you have to do is try to decide if they're doing it from a place of, of actual malice, yeah. like uh, Carrie's ex, or if they're doing it from a place of, I thought this would be cool. Right. And then the difference is the, the malicious one, maybe you just cut them out of your life. Right. But the one that's not malicious, you might talk to them about it. Yeah. All right, well, let's drop out of combat rounds and go ahead and go and do game rap. All right, welcome to game rap. Uh, this is the part of the show where we wrap things up. I want to remind everybody they can find us at honorrollpodcast.com. You can also find this podcast on iTunes or Stitcher or Google Play or anywhere else that you get your podcast. We'd love it if you would go there and give us a five-star review. Absolutely. Uh, you can also talk to us at facebook.com slash group slash podcast. And, of course, you can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash podcast. Yes. Let's go ahead and give out XP then. Uh, Jason, Ooh. first of all, you get uh, three XP for attendance. Ah, I'm also gonna Yeah, I'm also going to give you... Uh, um, 17 experience points. That is one XP for every time we had to re-record you reading the story you told <laughs> at the beginning of this episode. To because, be fair, that story was way more complicated than your story. I'm just saying it was, <laughs> it was, it 17, was a little tricky. 17 takes. Well, so. The joke's on you. That's enough for me to level. <laughs> oh. All right, and Carrie, uh, you are getting three XP for attendance, but you're also getting five XP for managing the Patreon. Uh, but unfortunately, um, you lose nine XP for killing my character. Your ex boyfriend told you to. Oh, but you get I ten like, XP like, for marrying me anyway. Uh, <laughs> I like how he drags that up. He's yeah, like, we finally put that in the past. Yeah, we're, we're going to do it one more time. Now nah, we're good with it. It's all. It's all fine. Yeah. So, all right. Well, join us next week. So he says. So he says. What? <laughs> All right, join us next week when our topic is hexes versus squares. That's right. We're going to be going over whether or not uh, you should be gaming using curses or math teachers. Oh, you know, I I like the squares because they let me move farther when I moved diagonally. That's a guy who totally didn't get the joke. No, he didn't, no. but right. he's a square. Until a next square. time, remember, the only way to win an RPG is to have fun. Yeah. All of the thoughts and opinions that were on this podcast belong to just those folks who were on this podcast and to nobody else. All of the music was courtesy of Kevin McLeod from Incompetech.com. Uh-huh.